Yo and hello, it's me, just call me T. Marie And this is yet another episode of the Come Up Culture Podcast Um, New segment alert, wellness check Wellness chest, I, oh, not chest <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about I don't know why, why Oh, let me see a guy with a pretty nice chest tattoo Maybe that's why the Freudian slip happened But uh, no, wellness check because you know let me just say big ups and you know god bless to Alea, uh confections by Alea. and actually you know what because of you sis and because you are such an amazing friend to me and you know you called me yesterday to check up on me today's episode is dedicated to you today's episode is brought to you by confections by alaya on instagram and then confections by alaya a-l-a-i-a-h yeah um dot com um she is the vegan dessert queen of atlanta right now i'm claiming it for you sis because you've been doing your thing um it's, it's it's been real you know she has a couple of pop, um, pop-up shops that are coming up in atlanta so definitely follow her and get in tune with that so you can try her alternatives to your everyday sweet treats so thanks again boo shout out to you but um yeah she called me yesterday about you know just to say hey and see how i was doing because you know i am the person who i won't come to you with my shit but if you're somebody that I trust and you like ask me what's going on, I'm going to release the floodgates. <laughs> like I'm going to fucking release the floodgates. You're going to get a bunch of shit that you probably didn't know was going on, had no idea was going on. I just cannot seem to, you know, see fit to go and seek out people when I'm having those moments. So I appreciate the friends who check on their friends just in case you know there may be something that this that they have going on and they might not you know feel as forthcoming to tell you and even more so the ones that are you know able to do that and hold you accountable and like really be be there for you so I, I want to add this wellness check since we're only going to be seeing each other about twice a month um it's necessary that people get in tune with their feelings and get in tune with you know what their actual feelings are so y'all know I'm a big you know um I've been ag- advocate for the feelings wheel so let's see according to the feelings wheel so the the initial the initial feeling is anger so let me do a trickle down um I feel let down I feel a little bitter I feel a little frustrated and I feel very critical I don't really feel betrayed. I may uh, have a little resentment, but I feel like my outburst yesterday was more in the protection of not wanting to get to full resentment. Like the issue at hand that had me like so in my fucking feelings is just I have, you know, learned the therapy words. I've done the sessions, you know, I have the things and now it's just trying to seamlessly integrate them into my new, you know, found life or the life that I'm, the new life that I'm building because I know what it used to be before and I know what I used to do before and I know why what I used to do wasn't acceptable and so now I'm trying and actively doing better it's just not happening as seamlessly and as you know flawlessly as I would want it and so I have to extend myself certain grace in being you know understanding of where I was where I am and where I'm trying to go and keeping that in mind and I know again it's a lot of I I I I I but I have to be honest with myself in this new season I'm 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 a little selfish right now like in in this new season I am thinking about me first in this new season I am trying to be the best that I can be so that moving forward the people who need me the most they have access to a better version of 
the people who love me the most, the people who need me the most, the people who, you know, celebrate me the most, they deserve a better version of me. And so, yes, it's going to be a lot of I in this. It's going to be a lot of selfish, you know, it, it's selfishness in the sense of achieving, you know, overall selflessness because you cannot pour from an empty cup. I cannot be there to do any of that for somebody else. I've tried. I have tried. That's what ended me up in fucking therapy in the first place. <laughs> Amongst other things that we're going to talk about today. But I really just had to give my, my girl, you know, her, her due recognition because she's been there for a lot of that. And so she gets it. And I appreciate and I love her for that. So thank you. And I hope people buy your cinnamon rolls and your fucking Rice Krispie treats. And I hope you sell out at your next pop-up. But um, yeah, what other feeling was it? Skeptical and dismissive, definitely. I feel a little bit of those. Um, I said I was feeling bitter. Violated very much. Well, let me not be dramatic. I didn't. F I, in the moment, I felt like I was being violated, but you know, I, I it's it's a wonder what a fucking blunt and you know, a couple hours of sleep would do. You you get right over certain things sometimes. So you know, initial feelings are are just that. They're your initial feelings. You assess them as they come. And then you, you know, let you wait until your logical brain takes over and you go from there. So, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that. But um, yeah, I'm going to start every episode from here on out with the with the feelings check. And we're going to get in tune with all of these feelings, because when I tell you it's a lot of them, like people, people only know the what is it? The seven fearful, angry, disgusted, sad, happy, surprised, bad. Yeah, people only know those seven people don't know the bridge or the tree or you know whatever you want to call it the branches of each of those feelings and how they branch out so I'm definitely about to become the feelings bitch so sorry can't help it <laughs> you learn something new you want to share it with the world but um yeah let me see what 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 had happened what had happened uh where's my nope okay so this was something interesting that you know popped up the other day well maybe not the other day it popped up a while ago um okay so amber rose had uh she was married to what's her man alexander a e edwards I, I, oh i thought they were married it just says partners from 2018 to present I guess. So Amber Rose Levonchuk from Philly, Pennsylvania, who is 37 years old and has two children by a Wiz Khalifa. Actually, wait, are both her kids by Wiz Khalifa? Uh, Rose filed for a divorce, blah, blah, blah. They have another son. Um, I thought she had a, who was the other kid? Oh, okay, yeah. So she had one son for Wiz and one son for Mr. Edwards. So her baby father, this is not her husband. Her and her baby father separated. And I believe I talked about this before. They were together, as it says, since 20 whatever. And she found out that he ended up having about, she claims, 12 um, side pieces and bitches that she knew about and so she made a very public you know statement about them breaking up and you know how they can have her and I mean they can have him and that she just is like over it she doesn't want to be disrespected she doesn't want to you know go through the the backlash anymore and so she made all of these statements about she wanted to get back to self that's all well and good you know that happens but then shortly after she's back on instagram half naked if if not fully and it was her caption that that more so got me because i was just like ma'am this is this is i don't think that this is okay so on september 20th she posted a video um of a behind the scenes photo shoot you know pre uh post baby body um new wig fresh pigtails very pink very girly very sexy and she writes the caption when you can finally breathe in the air of whole life again and that 
I, I just, I, I just, I don't, was that necessary? Like, breathe the air of whole life again? Like, you have these sons, you have, you know, this public persona of people not taking you seriously. You know, Kanye shamed you and, and tried to regret you know knowing you or being with you when he got with Kim and then you know Wiz doesn't even talk about you like at all like I've never heard Wiz Khalifa even mention anything about um Amber Rose and then here was this guy Mr. Edwards who you know was with you despite everything that he's heard about you despite all of the times that you've gone viral good or bad like despite all of these things and yes I understand cheating is not to be you know accepted all willy-nilly or you know just looked over all willy-nilly but you have young boys like you are a um essentially now a single mom to two boys and they're gonna grow up they're going to have access to the internet and you know shit on the internet never dies I didn't even see the post on her original page I saw it on you know the shade room and I doubt that the shade room deletes anything so that's gonna be up there forever and you know once little kids get a hold of shit you know, he's going to be in school hearing about that or whatever. And, you know, that's just a, a, a little bit much. But I just think about it from a standpoint of like, what is going on with, you know, these single moms? And I only say that because, again, I know it's her body. I know it's her choice. I know, you know, she can do whatever she wants. You know, she's got forehead tats and, you know, is known for the slut walk and all of these things. I know that. But is this the best time to be doing it? Like, is this the best time to be doing this? Like, I always said that, you know, if I was to have, you know, children that I would have. I would have given myself until they were five. Like if I want to still, you know, be about that life, be out here partying and carrying on and doing whatever. I always said that I would do it between the ages of one and five, because I, I always think that, you know, kids are not going to remember that. Like, I don't really know too many children or adults who remember when they were two and five, like remember if their parents were there or remember certain things. I mean, the psychologist, they may say differently. But, you know, as for me, I'm, I, I just was, you know, chatting shit. But I just don't know if now is the right time for her to be doing that because I, I don't know. And I don't want to feel like I'm judging her. I don't want to feel like I'm taking anything away from the woman that she is. But I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just so... I'm just so conflicted like I'm always I'm always just like yeah you have the choice to do whatever you want but does it make it right like for instance with me and my situation you know I I didn't have to say what I said I didn't have to you know do what I did but I did and I had to deal with the consequences <sighs> and the reason why I say you know I make mention of her being a single you know mother is because again you have one um I don't want to say failed marriage but one um terminated marriage and then you have one terminated relationship with a child and here you are now talking about a whole life and blah 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 same could be said of like Brittany Renner she got married had a baby filed for divorce in secret and now she's out at fucking sports games talking about hide your sons like this is this is a problem this is a huge problem so I mean looking at some statistics uh the countries with the highest percentage of single parent households is the U.S. obviously with 23 percent the U.K. is second with 21 um Sao Tome and Principe is 19 I don't know where that is Russia is 18 percent and Denmark where they say it's supposed to be like the best place in the world to live they're at 17 percent the um breakdown by ethnicity is 64 percent black or african-american 52 percent american indian and then 42 percent hispanic and latino and the poverty rates for families of unmarried mothers of color is 43 percent native american 50 uh, 
dyslexia. 35% African-American, 34% Latino, 26% non-Hispanic white, and 22% Asian. So clearly, you know, single, single motherhood or single parenthood is not the greatest, right? But then I want to go to single parent statistics by gender because I feel like, you know, I've been in certain situations and certain conversations where the topic is always putting the blame on single mothers. And granted, you could say there are single fathers out there and blah, blah, blah. They're saying um, women aged 35 to 39 in the U.S. have a 9% likelihood of living as single parents. In contrast, men in the U.S. only have a 2% likelihood to live as single parents. Uh, during the pandemic, unpartnered mothers who are working in the U.S. dropped to 67.4% in September 2019, I mean, 2020, as compared to the 76.1% in September the following year. However, the unpartnered fathers who are working dropped from 91.1% to 86.1%. So it looks as though unparented, unpartnered fathers are more unemployed than single mothers. So that's a first, you know, big, big differentiator is that what are these single fathers doing? Like if they're not being if they're not employed, what are what, what are they doing? Like, um, or maybe I'm not reading that right. I was supposed to do my research yesterday. But again, feelings. Um, Let me see. I really want to. Okay, here we go. There are 15.3 million children in the U.S. who live with a single mother, while there are only 3.2 million children who live with a single father. So, like, that's insane. 14.8 million families with a single mother in the U.S., as opposed to 6.5 million families with a single father. And that's as of the 20 you know the census of 2020 and this is not even just black and white this is just men and women so if you take those statistics and then add race into it I'm not finna do the maths right now but it's just it's it's a huge disproportion so it can be safe to say that single parenthood is a burden or is a responsibility that full falls majorly on the woman of the relationship the person who mothered and carried the children and I think that that's so sad and me as a product of a single parent household like it took a lot of years for me to get to a place where one I could be comfortable talking to my mom about you know the situations and circumstances that she ended up in as well as to hear the situations and circumstances to how we ended up in the situation we ended up in and you know that's her story to tell I'm not here to tell you know my mama's business but it was definitely eye-opening for me because I never I never considered it and so in thinking back to you know a lot of those conversations I used to have or used to listen to it, it makes me look at things a little bit differently. And so I say all of that to say that this whole thought and idea came about with me um, being on, you know, Facebook. And I saw this post that came from Twitter. And in the post, it says, people that were raised by extremely strict parents, how has that affected you as an adult? And any single mother you know or any single parent would or any child of a single parent will tell you that there are no rules stricter than from a single parent like you're either gonna have one or the other either you're gonna be super laxed and get to get away with murder or your parent is gonna be super strict and want to like prevent you from everything and being that my mom was from the good old west of indies um you can only imagine which end of the spectrum I was on so one of the posts Samadi responded uh, Miss Rue Mitchell she says lacking self-esteem and confidence to make decisions social anxiety and antisocial behavior 
I tend to shy away from expressing my emotions. People pleaser even at my own expense and always seeking attention at times in the wrong places. And when I tell you talk about uh, your motherfucking spirit being convicted, <laughs> like I read that first slide of the thread and was like, holy shit, I am she and she is me. Like it just it, it was an immediate, immediate like connection. I knew exactly what all of those felt like. Like I I was there. Uh somebody by the name of Rhea goes, I find it hard to make life changing decisions without doubting myself, as most decisions were made for me, even the ones I should have made alone. Being around a lot of people exhausts me because I've always been a homebody. Uh, someone else, Portia and ND says, I'm a serious loner. I don't nurture friendships because I was taught I don't need friends. <laughs> Listen, if, if there was ever a woman who swore that friends were going to be the death of me, it was my mother. Like, if people don't like you, fuck them. If people don't want to be friends with you, fuck them. If people talk about you or whatever, fuck them. Like, it was never any kind of, you know, conflict resolution. There was and there was never any, like, oh, have a sleepover and bring your friends and da-da-da-da. Like, there was no fostering of, you know, building relationships with other kids. Like, nobody was allowed to come to my house. I wasn't allowed to go to anyone's house. Like, a lot of those... uh I guess like a lot of those moments where people really get to learn who they are amongst their peers, I didn't really get. And I didn't realize how much that that affected me until, you know, I got to my 20s and started realizing like why I can't keep certain people around me or why, you know, I'm having issues communicating with people or why, you know, am I having, you know, problems being vulnerable and talking about my emotions to my friends? And it was essentially the side effects of a strict parent um other ones is you know I never wanted to be around people for long because I was always taught that you leave the house when you're going to school so in my adult life I only go to work and come back being around people makes me feel out of place I never got to stay home for summers so you know I've only learned how to interact with people in formal settings I was always shipped off to some random family member somewhere you know once so that they could get to know me and then also too because I'm sure my mom wanted to live her life and do her thing without having to worry about me so you know it it, it was it it was it, it served a dual purpose but I realize now that a lot of those informal interactions with people around my age never really happened. So a lot of the things that I learned about people and human nature and shit, I had to teach myself later on in life after, you know, failed relationships, failed friendships, failed, you know, business interactions, failed, you know, networking. Like it was it was always like, OK, I'm at a wall. What is it? And then once I learned what it was, I was like, oh, shit. That's shit you learn in the summertime when you with your friends and you hanging out and you have nothing to do but be around other people. So, you know, people were going on and on and on. I, I struggle with branching out and trying new things because it stems back to what I was told I wasn't allowed to do or couldn't do. I always second guess myself and hate being in different or new surroundings that I have no control over. Uh, I, oh, my gosh. Like, it's... Oh, no one hears your actions. They listen to the loudest voice in the room and they see the action after the big talk. It's been tough trying to break free of the inferiority thought at home because I had to follow rules. I take a step out every day. I don't know how to ask for help and I struggle with accepting it. It makes me physically sick. Not to mention the anxiety, hyper aware of people's moods, people pleasing, overboard secrecy. Oh, my God. A grave distrust in other people and an inability to say how I feel. Scared to bring up conflict in an intimate relationship and anticipating sabotage when it's not what my parents want. Self-doubt. Oh, my goodness. It's oh, my gosh. And it's just like it's just post after post after post after post after post. Uh, you're so polite. Thank you. I was raised in constant fear of upsetting people like it's and, you know, heaven help us because our parents, a lot of them, you know, these these may be, you know, single parents or, or may not. But 
I experienced a lot of those at the hands of being raised by a single mother. And so I have to look at a lot of the um, behaviors and feelings and even the triggers a little more closely because I don't know what's really me reacting or like adult me reacting or child me reacting. And I think that that's been the biggest issue with, you know, communicating with other people and really, you know, building those bonds. And so little by little, like I said, my homegirl knows I may not call her to break down, but, you know, thank God, you know, she is a God fearing woman and when she finds it in, in, in her heart and mind to say, hey, let me reach out to my friend. Let me check on my friend. I thank God that I'm able to express to her exactly how I feel. And I think that, the, you know, therapy, therapy allows people a language that if you've gone, you understand. And so there are some things that I can say to her and to other friends of mine who, you know, have gone to therapy. There are certain language and words and things that we can use with one another for when we don't have all the words. And I just love that. I think if if for nothing else, therapy allows you to be able to do that. And I think when you look at it that way, I feel like a lot more people would be open to going and not trying to dismiss it. Because, yes, you have people who go to therapy every week or almost every day or whatever the case may be and nothing ever changes or whatever might have you. But that's not the case for everyone. So I go on that long ass rant to get back to saying, you know, all the things that I wanted to say about you know, single mothers and to ask the question that needs answer this week of are single mothers to blame. And when I say to blame, it's 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 really just are they responsible? Asking if they're to blame is like, you know, is a little harsh. However, it's I don't I don't know if it's harsh. Okay, let me let me go through the questions. Does this need to be said? Yes. Does this need to be said by me? Maybe, but yes, because I'm going to be objective and, and, and honest about it. And does this need to be said by me right now? And the answer is yes, because that's what this week's topic is about. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it passed the test. So we're going to talk about it. So in my personal life, I noticed that whenever there are, you know, conflicts or whenever there are misunderstandings, I default directly to things that I've seen my mother do and things that my mother has done to me. For instance, I have a tendency of not being able to praise in public. Like I will pick at things in public, like in your face, to your face. But then get me around somebody else and I'm like singing your fucking praises. Like you cannot do no wrong. You're fucking amazing. You know, like it's absurd how wild this shit is. And I noticed it, you know, in recent dealings now to where when I was a kid, right, I would come home, say with a quiz or a test or something. And I got a 98 on my mother never congratulated me on the 98. Because she felt like that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to get good grades. I'm supposed to be, you know, educationally gifted or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'm supposed to do that. So instead of, you know, saying, hey, good job. I'm going to take you to get ice cream. I'm going to buy you a doll or I'm going to do something. Like instead of the positive reinforcement that maybe other kids got, I would get questioned about what, why did I lose two points? Where did the two points go? Why didn't it get, why wasn't it a hundred? And I never realized how deeply I internalized that because that is how I, I operate with everyone around me. Like if I like something, I'm looking at it super hard and I'm like analyzing it and being super critical and da, 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 da. And if you know, you look good and I see you got a hair out of place I'm like, oh, if you would have just put a little blah, 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 you would have been perfect, girl. That's how I gave compliments to my friends. And that's why I was having so many issues with women. And it helped and it, it not that it helped, but and it happened with men as well. You know, one 
dude in particular like he claims that I shit on him all the time and that I'm always you know downing him and it's just like no to everybody else behind closed doors you are the fucking bee's knees I you know like you're amazing you're the dopest you're you know phenomenal but to his face I'm always like oh you sure you don't want to do that you sure you don't want to wear that you sure you don't want to do that you and I didn't realize it until my homegirl kind of yelled at me and made me realize it but I didn't realize it and again in that particular you know example yes my mother is to blame the same way with you know and I'm not saying blame in a bad way like shame wag a finger but you know placing the responsibility and I think that's what it is a lot too is that we attach such negative connotations to, to to words that are supposed to be used in the way that they are used that people stop using them that way so yeah when I say my mom is to be blamed for how I interact with certain people yes absolutely because of what I heard every day all the time and and and, and I mean I'm at this big grown age, I'm just now fucking figuring this shit out. I'm just now figuring out that I have to unlearn all the shit that I subconsciously learned without even fucking knowing it. Because again, I was never around any other kids to talk about their parents. Like, I never saw how my friends' moms talked to them, so I didn't fucking know what was going on. And then the ones who I did, they spoke worse than mine. So to to some degree, I was like, mm, well, at least I don't got those problems. You know what I mean? So it, it it was always a little off. So, yeah, there there are plenty of other, you know, little quirks and quotes that loop in my mind and, you know, in my body. A lot of, you know, reactions to certain things. But again, when you're never really forced to be around people or foster those types of relationships, everyone seems expendable to you. And it's kind of weird because I always thought of myself as the inexpendable uh, friend, like anybody who could lose me. Oh, fuck. How you how could you how could you ever blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I that's my own ego and shit. But I never realized the things that I was doing, only the things that people were doing to me, which is weird because you would think that the opposite would be true of other people. But they never realize what they're doing. me. They only realize what you do to them. Or maybe I just proved that point. I don't know. I'm talking in a circle, but no, I just say all of that to say that, you know, having to, oh shit. I say all of that to say, again, in this season of selfishness, I have to do away with the things that do not serve me. And that is a habit that does not serve me. So it, it it's a work in progress. Like right now, I don't know where I stand, you know, in my situation. Again, I can immediately just pluck it out and not think of it ever again. But will that serve me? Is that what I truly want? Is that going to get me to be my best self? And so, you know, with all of these thoughts, I sat down with my homegirl, Nicole, a.k.a. the press poet of Pothead Poetry out in uh pa Ooh, say that five times that pothead po- prez prez poet of pothead poetry out in pa yeah say that five times fast and i might have a prize for you um but we talked a little bit or a lot of bit really about our single mothers to blame and um we're gonna take a break and then get right into the conversation hello we not on the air or nothing, right? <laughs> I mean, we are, but we aren't. But we are. <laughs> <laughs> but what's going on, my favorite pothead poet? I'm cool, Tina. I have a lot of stuff I got going on. I, but I'm cool, and how you I doing? See. I'm good, I'm good. Can't complain. I mean, I could, but who's listening? <laughs> right (laughs) but no I hit you up to ask you if we could have this chat because I've been having this well not me per se having this argument with people but I've been in many of conversation about single mothers and how it has affected you know black people as a whole and as a product of a single mother a lot of people you know would and could attribute how I deal with men um, directly to how I was raised. 
I mean, would, but before I even get into all of that, like, what do you feel? Because it, it's so many different things and I have so many different things, but I just want to know, like, overall, how do you feel about single mother and single mm-hmm. motherhood? That question, <clears throat> though, I'm so glad you're having this conversation right now. Um, I think that question is really complex because I don't think single motherhood necessarily is always the issue because depending on the situation, um, sometimes it's better to be a single mother. Um, mm. but, I mean, I, I would think so, you know, in the cases of abuse, in the case, of, you know what I mean? Neglect in the case of certain things. Then, yeah, I, I feel that. But people are caping really hard for this you know, two parent household and they're blaming a lot of the dysfunction that goes on in the black you know, culture on single mothers. And that's why they need it so desperately. And that's and that right there. Um, I do feel like being a single mother, we do have a you know, people do place the burden on black women already. And being a single mother, they feel like, you know, being a black woman and a single mother, one is your fault. They blame you for it. There's never the option that you may have opened your heart and loved somebody and they didn't do you right, you know. Um, and if that is the case, they, they make that your fault because you should have known better. So as a single mom, I feel like we don't get enough leeway. You know, we're met with a lot of hatred. We're met with a lot of resentment. We're met with a lot of disregard and neglect. Um, And then when you internalize that or you become angry, then it's a matter of you being bitter. It's a matter of you being issue. Honestly, I feel like as far as a lot of the black issues, they need to start looking at some of these black men too, because, Yes, you were raised by a single mother. Yes, she did the best that she could have done. But when all of this stuff was hitting the fan, the problems, the stress, the work, the kids, the bills, where was your father at? Well, I mean, some people say their fathers was in jail. Some people say, you know, their fathers left their mothers because of how their mothers were. And when they got old, like, so basically all of this started from having a conversation about, you know, men and did they marry the black woman they had children? And a lot of them were mentioning like, you know, no, because of X, Y, or Z, she wasn't this, she wasn't that, she was too this, she was too that. So then conversations then, you know, swing around to, well, let's think about it. If single mothers are so strong and so powerful and they, you know, do all of these things of raising kids as, you know, playing mother and mommy and daddy then how come so many men and women raised by single mothers grow up to have so many um you know behavioral or emotional or you know in some cases mental issues but that's because what people don't realize is that a lot of black women that are stuck with kids themselves a lot of them are traumatized already Mm. a lot of them were women that grew up with no father themselves and I don't want to say them because I'm a part of that equation. Growing up as a black woman, when other cultures are taught that you love your husband, you grow to be a wife, you grow to be, you know, you grow up to be a mother, you grow up to be a wife, you grow up to love that man and submit to that man. And they're given all of these tools on marriage and how it works and all of this other stuff. But yet a lot of black women have to find it out on their own. Okay. They grow up too early. They, they have never felt protected. They never felt loved. They never felt valued. And then they have to learn how to take all of that and make a new way for a new life. And how it, there's just a lot of things that this situation is so complex. Like there are a lot of different levels to it. It's trauma. It's abandonment. It's, you know, a lot of emotional um, damage that has been done. And when black women, Prior to them being mothers, they cry out for help and they're told, oh, well, you can, you're strong. You should be strong. You should be able to handle that. Don't cry. You should be, you should be too strong to do that. Mm. You know, don't love because you should know better than that. So when she doesn't cry, now she's too hard. Hmm. When she turns angry, now she's bitter. When she learns not to love, now she's cold. So either way you put it, I feel that society has set black women up to fail either way because they look at us as being on the bottom of the totem pole. Hmm. I mean, 
it's just, it's, you know, I just, for me, I, I could sit up here and say how I feel and talk about, you know, all of my thoughts and opinions. But I, at the end of the day, I don't have children. You know what I mean? And so what I got to say, I can only speak as someone who was raised as an only child. And, you know, mm-hmm. as I got older, I realized that a lot of my family members were single mothers like my grandmother she was widowed twice so she essentially spent a lot of her life being a single. my mom same thing single mother you know uh i had an aunt who didn't really have no one of my aunts is, but either way either way like you know what i mean it's just one of those things where it's like my mom did what she saw and then i interpreted that as something completely different and that ended up shifting my perspective and you know as you get older you work through certain things and I feel like that about everybody like yeah your parents may have shaped and molded you at a certain point of your life but at some age you decided that that's not what you wanted to be or what you wanted to do anymore and I always get annoyed when people want to say well are single mothers to blame for why black men uh no longer you know respect women or are single mothers to blame why uh black women are only looking at black men as financiers of their life and their lifestyles and I'm just like both of the answers are no like I don't think they are to blame like it might be you know residual effects of but I don't think you could blame them for it you know right and I, I don't think so either but as far as the outlook when I do think the as far as men are concerned men that are raised by single women that have no male influence positive male influence I think that that's a big contributor to the issues too because a lot of times and I'm sorry to say it but I've seen Black women instill very poor and very negative. Damn, I can't, I can't even think of the word. But I, I, I've I've seen them shift or um, implant negative things about black women in their brain themselves. I've seen women Wait, clearly women tell their sons don't love a woman. Oh, mm. I've I've heard women say, you know, I know my son's no good, but I'm a I, I'm a pawn him off on the next girl that's going to accept him. I've seen women say, you know, take their feelings towards other women, their hurt towards other women, and instill it in their sons. So I have seen that. Wait, now, their hurt of, of from other women in their sons? I would think of it as men. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm used to, yeah. you know, women who have sons being on some, oh, you just like your father, or you look just like your father, or you get on my nerves like your father. You know what I mean? Like, I'm aware of that yep. as a thing, but I've never heard it the other way around. That's mm, interesting. I, I've seen, I've heard women, I've heard women where they've promoted misogyny with their sons. Instead of talking to their sons about, you know, how to respect a woman, they help them destroy them. They contribute. They allow them to bring multiple girls in the house without talking to their son, telling them the importance of the emotional damage that they're causing. I've seen women, I've seen single mothers as their sons get older and they start having their own relationships. They become overly involved and act as if. And I don't think that's just solely black women. Oh, and I, I was about to that, say that's definitely a, a a Latina mom thing that be all in her son. Like a lot of uh, Hispanic um, relationships I know have ended because either the mother's, either the daughter's mother, or the son's mother got too involved in a relationship. So, but and I've seen that, but not like how when I say with black people when they get involved. You know, I've seen on more than one occasion black women disregard and disrespect young black girls on levels that if I had a son, I would never do that. Oh, you know, they were they were they instead of referring to these girls as young girls or young women or this is how you should treat them. They refer to them as these little hoes, these little bitches, or they promote this. How many girlfriends do you have? as kids yeah you ask your kindergartner like oh how many girlfriends you have in school and you know i don't know it's it's... no oh you the ladies man go ahead get the shorties go ahead bag them i've seen this a lot wait that's bad to a certain extent as a mother with a daughter and there's certain things that i know that i teach my daughter early Mm. boys will look at you for this boys you know i have to because they 
these kids are fast. They're learning. I've seen a lot of women entertain negative and misogynistic behaviors with their sons. I've seen mothers hold their sons to a, on a pedestal and allow their sons to do things and accept behavior from their sons that they'll never accept from their daughter. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, like, thinking of the overlying question, I can't say that they're not to blame for certain things, but I can't, I can't say that they're to blame for all the things. Like, there are specific things that I could say that single mothers are responsible. For instance, like, the single mothers of boys who don't raise them to, you know, take out garbage, mow lawns, do, like, handy stuff. And then, like, they don't mm -hmm. teach their girls to cook or, like, take care of themselves at young age. Like, the ones who want to mm -hmm. be either best friends with their kids, yes, those, I feel like, are the ones to blame for a lot of the adults that we have running around, you know, doing some of the things that they're doing. For certain specific things, yes, I can say that they are. But I don't think it's uh, just an overall blanket statement just don't feel right to me. And I don't think it should. I feel like in motherhood and with all just being a person in general, you have to be accountable. And I feel like as black women, there's some things that we are, we should be held accountable for. And there's some things that is beyond our control that we shouldn't be. Mm. And I just feel that, you know, being a single mom, a black woman, you are expected to carry the full burden. You look at, you're supposed to be mommy and daddy at the same time. It's expected of you. It's to the point where some people have grown up in a single mother household, men, and they will tell you everything that you're supposed to do as a woman, but couldn't tell you what they're supposed to do as a man. And it's, it's because their mother didn't know what to teach them to do as a man. She taught him how to cook. She taught him how to clean. But like you said, she knew nothing about handiwork. So he knew nothing about being handy. And this is so, when you bring this up, Tina, my brain goes on so many different things. I don't mean to digress, but there's just so many different elements to this one freaking topic because we do get the, mm -hmm. we do have to bear the burden of everything. We do, but there are th certain things that we should be accountable for. Those are on, those are things that a lot of times are, they're, they, they're stemming from all types of emotional baggage. They're stemming from traumas. They're stemming from ignorance because there's a lot of things that we may not know or things we may not have seen. And before they always say black women are the cause of that, they also have to look at black men because honestly, despite what your mother did, I know fathers that haven't had great baby mothers and they still are active in their children's lives. A father's not going to be active with his kid because he doesn't want to, not because he doesn't want to interact with that mother, because nothing's going to stop me as a mother. And many a mother, nothing's going to stop you from being with your children. Well, so, <laughs> so I only, I only say that because, right? Like I was friends with someone who I've actively seen him like fight for custody of his kids. Like, Went through the whole, went to the court, and I know he was supposed to get certain, you know, visitations, summers, holidays, whatever, whatever. There were times where his BM just didn't feel like bringing the daughter. Like, just didn't feel like it. Like, mind you, this is court, the paperwork, like, judge and all of that. And she still be on some, like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, we see videos of, like, fathers going to pick up their kids and the mothers are being petty and doing all types of shit to them. And, you know, oh, if you want to see your kid, bring me $600 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we see that these types of women are out there and that that type of behavior, yes, can damage a child, whether you're on the outside looking in or on the inside looking out. But I feel like... <sighs> If the fault, like, not even that I feel like, the way that the, the argument goes is that if the fathers are not there to influence the child and it's just the mother, how can you blame the father's absence for why the child is how they? Because the lack of the father, there's also the father not being there, that's adding an extra burden on the mom. And what that does is it, one person can't do it all. So, yes, yeah, she's trying to do it all, but she's neglecting in areas. Some mothers may be good mothers emotionally and they work, but they don't clean. You have mothers that may have clean homes, but they don't have the emotional, they, they don't have the ability to emotionally connect because they're trying to keep everything together. You have people that 
you know, no one person can have it together. And the father not being there, how does that contribute? It contributes because when that mother's overwhelmed and that child is there dealing with that shit, there's nobody to offset that. There's no, there's no sense of balance. There's no sense of refuge. Mm. There's no sense of additional guidance. Yeah. I watch having a, a, a daughter by the grace of God. I thank God for being able to work and support her. But there's times where, you know, there's things that happen where emotionally your child needs their father. Um, I was about to ask, I mean, you mind if I ask if you have a relationship with your daughter's father? Or does she have a relationship with her father? No, she doesn't. And it's not because, oh, of a spiteful. And this is the thing that kills me. Because a lot of men, they use that to make themselves look good. Oh, she's only using my kids for money. Oh, she she got mad and took me to child support. Oh, she did this. But what they're failing to realize or they're failing to mention is this girl called you and asked you to see your kid 12 times and you refused because you felt some sort of way towards her. And because you felt some sort of way towards her, you refused to do something with your kid. And then you uh, periodically they'll pop up like, oh, I want to do this six months, seven months eight months down the line and it's like no where were you at six months ago when she when they needed you i mean can you really say no when when they decide they want to pop up like is that in certain situations to protect your child emotionally you know i feel yes i feel like did i do it not necessarily but also children start to see things i was about to say i gotta children see friend what do you mean not necessarily Children, let me say this. Some men and some women, some people just are not, they're emotionally damaging. Mm. Some people you have to keep away from their parents. And it's not because you want to. Some people, they will mentally try to get to your child to get to you. There are people that will use your child to get to you. Ooh, don't sound good. And these are things, but these are a lot of underlying issues that people don't look at. They don't look at the narcissism coming from some of these fathers. They don't look at how he's, yeah, he's this innocent victim, but they're not talking about all the shit that he done did to this girl that made this girl hostile the way that she was hostile towards him. Oh, well, it's way. not that you left. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you left. Or it's not what you did. It may be how you did it. I can't, I don't think that parenting is like one as you said blanket statement like every it's a case-by-case situation depending on who you have children with the the type of person you have children with but there's a lot of men out here that honestly are playing victim and they're not doing what it is they're supposed to do at all and the woman you can't say that too loud because then you know people are you know they'll say you're making excuses because essentially, like, I, I really and truly don't want, I don't want the narrative to be that I bash black men. You feel me? Like, I don't want that to ever be the narrative. I feel like because I am, I love black men so much is why I am so hard on them. Like, I'm hard on them because I love them, because I want them to be better, do better. You know what I mean? And all of those things. But it was something that I had to ask because the few single mothers that I do know, all of them, you know, have similar stories about their child's father or their children's fathers. And they all end up moving on into successful, happy, loving relationships. The men that come into their lives either have their own kids and, they, you know, they create blended families or, you know, they are attracted to the women because of their nurturing and motherhood. And so they build families with these women. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know too many of the, the single, you know, single, single bitter, single moms that niggas be talking about. Like, I don't know them. So I, I have to ask, like, you know, you said you've spoken to a few, I believe you. I know you're not one of them though. So it's, it's just one of those things. I'm really just not sure where this, this narrative comes from when I don't see it in my personal life. But that's the thing, Tina. And that's what I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to, and it's not a bash towards black men. I love black men. But the facts are the facts. A lot of what they call, quote unquote, bitter women, how bitter are they really when you really look in that situation? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? How bitter are they? Are they bitter or are they hurt because you did something and left an unresolved issue? <sighs> and, you know. Having children 
And I don't think this is just extends to black women. I just, it's an issue in the black community. But in our community, there's a lot of women that they get these guys, right? They love them. They try to care about them. They try to build them up. And we're not talking about the gold digger girls. We're talking about like women that actually try to love these men. And these men find every reason, for whatever reason, to destroy these women. And once these women are hurt and bitter, or they're, and, and I don't like to use the word bitter, but once they're hurt and they're lashing out, because now they have children with these people, now it's, oh, she's bitter. But you didn't tell she took you to child support because you didn't buy milk for this baby for six months. I mean, I don't know. Like, when it comes to child support, um, it's always iffy to me because once I realized that women could just put random names on birth certificates and end up putting dudes on child support i was just like yeah there's something to be said about that like there's too many viral stories of dudes who have the 0.00000 percent chance of you being the father and they still getting their checks garnished that don't sit right with me either so i'm really iffy about you know child support and i'm and, you know my yeah. mom wasn't somebody who went and took my dad on child support i wish she would have shit now that i think about it my life could have been a little more lit if we had some more money but <laughs> that's not here nor there but child support that also is a case-by-case issue because i in certain situations, it may be beneficial to the parents. You know, it, it may be beneficial to the parents because now you have a payment plan. You have things set up straight. It works out for y'all. Now, when it's used spitefully, I don't agree with that. Or if it's used wrong, in a, you know, under false pretenses, I don't agree with that either. But there are people, and it's not just men. Because we're in a, in, in a place, once again, there's a lot of damaged people where, you know, being a single mom, you can't, you know, a lot of times people like to say, oh, black women this, black women that. But when we talk about the actual hitter of the, like, the, the core of the situations, then people try to deflect and they, they change gear or they say, oh, you're blaming or they try to, you know, dismount or discredit what she's saying. You know, and I think before they get the bag and they talk about, oh, you know, she's, uh, she, you know, if he's not there and the kid grows up fucked up, you know, that's her fault. No, it's the fact that if you knew you left the kid in a bad situation or that child was going to lack and you chose not to intervene because that's what you chose to do, that's a contribution. Mm -hmm. This whole single mother issue is you solely taking care of your kid by yourself. Single mother is not you breaking up and your baby father coming, picking up your kids every weekend and the grandparents buying them something. No, you're co-parenting at that point. Single mother is when you're doing it 100% by yourself. If single mothers are to blame, where are all the amazing single fathers? Like, I don't really know too many single fathers. If single mothers are to blame for all of this shit. Where are the amazing, outstanding single fathers? And where, why aren't they speaking up about, yeah, well, I play daddy and mommy. Like, where, where is that? There's a lot of, I've met some single fathers. I've met some really good single fathers. I've heard of fathers leaving their kids, but a mother leaving, I think maybe that's what it is, is that mothers don't really leave their kids. They do. They do. But I think it's because when, a, when you see a man being a father, especially a black man, the fact that he's a father at all and choosing to be a part of his kids because the narrative is black men don't take care of their kids. So when they do see a black man taking care of their children, it's, it's, it's all hell. And when it's a single father, it's even more hell. But I think that people don't think it's as common because you normally see and it's highlighted on single mothers. But single parenthood is like rampant in the black community, period. In a lot of homes, you're going to see either a mother or father. Do you think you know why that is? I can speculate. And I'm, I just think I'm, it's... I'm here for the speculation. <laughs> you ever heard of the Willie Lynch? The Willie Lynch letter? Yes. Yes, I have. And in Did the you comment, read it? I haven't... I've, I've read the bits and pieces of it. I, I just... I don't know if I want to attribute that to that. I mean, I have my own, uh, you know, hypothesis for why things are the way that they are. Well, well, I read it, and I'm going to hear your hypothesis. This is why I love, like, interacting with you, because you could talk from different perspectives. Because, see, I feel, I, look, mm -hmm. I feel like it is 
people having children for the wrong reason. And it's one of those situations where some people have them as ultimatums. Some people have them to fill, you know, voids. Some people have them just to fucking have them because they can. And they know that there are people out here who can't. And so they don't want to squander that, you know, that privilege. But it really be boiling down to like, when it comes to the, the the high percentage of single parenthood in the black community, it's because a lot of these people are not looking at these people that they're sleeping with and making parents. You know that this person doesn't cook, doesn't clean, doesn't do this, doesn't do that, didn't go to school, dropped out, they family don't care about this. and did it. You see all of that when you're fucking somebody. And you look past all of that and still say, nah, I'm going to take the condom off or nah, I'm not going to get a plan B when it breaks or nah, I'm not going to, you know, have a serious conversation with this person about their parenting styles and all of these things. Like they're not having those conversations. So then when people do end up pregnant now, you feel like you've met a whole new person. Well, technically it is a whole new person because you never got to know them. They've been a whole new person this whole time. You only got to know certain parts of them. Right. Now, now, and everything you said, I feel you. I do not disagree with anything, right? Now, listen to this. Why are you with somebody that you're not with, you know, that you really don't know? Why are you taking these risks? What's causing you to do these things? These deeper, you know, you have to sometimes dig deeper. And I feel like the issues with us as Black people, we weren't allowed and we weren't taught to communicate with each other. There's a lot of lack of communication. There's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of envy. There's a lot of things going on with us that's unaddressed. And what it's doing is it's it's affecting how we interact with each other. These situations that we're dealing with, certain situations it was made by design. You know, certain situations that I feel like systemically we were systemically programmed to behave certain ways towards each other or feel certain ways towards each other. And it shows. Yeah. And I feel like in certain situations, there are women that they rush to love. They rush to be loved. Like, you know, some people are careless. Like, it's not, you can't put it all on just one specific thing because you have women that have babies from one night things. You have single mothers out here that are mothers of rape and they just couldn't kill a baby. Mm. You have mothers out here that they were in a long-term relationship and then they got pregnant and things changed. You have women that are single mothers because they were in abusive relationships and they had to leave. Single motherhood is not always, doesn't stem from just one specific situation. And too often the blame is put on just the woman. Once again, it all goes back to what I said earlier. If you love him and you choose to love him and he hurts you, you're dumb. Why didn't you know that that's what he was going to do? If you bitter and cold and you just have fun and boom, a situation happened, why wasn't you smart enough to not think about it? So either way, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Mm, mm, mm. (sighs) Well, that was very well said. Oh, wait a minute. She put CA on it the last time and it came. I'm sorry. I I was expecting a package. Oh, shit. I told her CA, my God. So you messing stuff up. But the last two packages made it just fine. So I don't understand. Huh? She sent me two things before this and they made it just fine. Blame it on COVID. I mean, I hate the fucking, yo, I hate the post office. But yeah, but nah, I mean, I thank you for for having such an honest and open conversation. Um, I appreciate, you know, your your candidness because it's, it's something that I'm sure, you know, other people, like I said, people are having these conversations and there are not enough single mothers speaking up in these places to say well no that's not what that's like and I be wanting to speak up but it's just like I don't have kids so I can't you know I can't say shit like I'm just talking out my ass like they just flamed the chick on Twitter for talking about you know you could potty train your kid at five months she's at some dumb shit yo it's this girl 
it's this girl on Twitter that is getting flamed right now. She don't got no kids, but she's telling people, yeah, postpartum doesn't exist, and you just didn't want to be a mom, and you don't want you don't want to deal with your responsibilities. I was like, yo, bitch, even if you think that, you gotta keep that to yourself. <laughs> like you gotta you gotta keep that to you. You you cannot say things like that out loud because it's never gonna go well. Like you was this better about going viral. I mean, I would hate to think, I would hate to think that somebody, I mean, I don't know what's worse, saying that because you believe it or saying it to go viral. Like, I don't know, which is, I I can't tell you. And what happened to that, um, that little round table we had the other day with your, you know, oh, talk about your stuff, your pothead poetry Um, and all of that, talk about about it. The editing, yes, well, the pothead poetry, right now we're doing an event. Um, the editing we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to work on that because that was my first time with Zoom and that video came off so shot. I didn't even wanna do that to y'all. Um, so we're gonna ha- I'm gonna talk to you about that off the air. Okay. As far as Pie Head Poetry, what we got going on, we got a um open mic. Okay, um, okay. And well, um, I got some other things I'm in the making. Well, I mean, are things opening up where you at yet? Or I mean I know I saw that video that y'all did a, a show. Yeah, things actually are opening. Um, they have a lot of open mics. I'm actually, oh my goodness, I'm so, I'm getting like, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm getting booked. Yes, um, bitch, booked have, and busy. Yes, bro. I, um, I'm going to do a speaking event. And then I have another show. Well, here is the time. Plug all your social media so people can follow you around to all of these events. They could come, you know, see see you, uh, you know, do your poetry. They could get in tune with your, you know, your group on Facebook. Plug all of the things. Um, you can catch me at Pothead Poetry on Facebook. Um, I'm going to spell it out. It's the at nine, P-O-T-H-E-D. P-O-E-T-R-Y. If you put that in, it'll pop right on up. Um, You can also find me at Pothead Poetry on Instagram. Um, And you can locate me at Press the Poet. That's on regular Facebook. But um, you can advise like a page. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much. What I'm going to do is I got to go finish seeing these kids. Oh, okay. I know like, it's late. Why you ain't seen me yet? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Go ahead and be on mommy duty. We'll talk again soon. You have my number. Just call me and, you know, let me know what you want to do about, you know, um, that conversation. Definitely. All right, boo. Have a good night. You too, team. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, there you have it.